Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. All over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Once again. Um, to the Church Boy Confessions podcast for the 200th time. I am back. Um, the podcast is back. It's been a while. It, it, it feels like it's been a while, um, and it certainly has been. Last episode, I believe, I think it was actually the first week of December, if I'm not mistaken, which, what is that, about three months. Um, I want to thank you all for your patience. I want to thank you all for the support. I appreciate the fact that I can go and I can do things I need to be doing and come back and you all are here and you're ready to listen and you care about the things that I have to say. I know it's not about me. I know it's about the, you know, God's word, but I do really want to express my gratitude to everybody. I don't really have anything super special planned to, like besides this new kind of like setup we got going on. Um still probably going to make a few changes. Um I'm not like back there at my desk anymore. I thought this you know, it was more pretty, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't really have anything super special planned for episode 200 outside of this message and really just talking about some things that God has been doing in me and, um, hopefully you guys can take from it. But I do think it's really important that I just start off this episode by saying I'm humbled and I am, um, truly grateful for every one of you guys for, um, allowing me to be someone that you trust with the word of God um, someone that you listen to, someone that you support in all the ways that you support, whether it's through, I mean, don't donating, whether it's through listening, whether it's through watching. Um, I really appreciate it, truthfully. Um, I also got to do a big shout out, big thanks to everybody who came out to the Poetry Jam as well, because Poetry Jam was the top of this month. And that, man, was absolutely amazing. It's going down in the books I'm not gonna lie, like, it's probably the best poetry jam we've ever had. I think that every every time we do it, you know, God gives us the grace to do it a little better than the last time, and um, I appreciate seeing the community come out. I appreciate um, people who volunteered, people who donated, all of that, people who bought shirts, everything. Honestly, just you being in attendance and you being there meant everything. And I know some people wanted to be there, couldn't be there. Um, but, you know, you prayed for us. You helped us in different ways. And all of it was not did not go to waste. God showed up there. God did his thing. It's still something that, honestly, the team is, like, super geeked about. And I'm appreciative of that. So um, thank you all for that. Thank you all for 200 episodes. 200 episodes is crazy because, what is that, four years started this in, I believe it was July 1st of 2019 in an apartment slash dorm room in Washington, D.C. while I was out there on this program that I was in during college, man, and, you know, we just haven't looked back. There was a time where we did 52 episodes straight each, you know, every week, every, you know, throughout the entire year, but, you know, lately, things have changed. Given the amount of responsibilities that I've now adopted between being a full-time student, full-time employee, um, also getting more responsibility at my church, we thank God for that. 
And of course, really as unassociated has become, you know, becoming more of what it's meant to be. I've also seen that my role on this team is not just to be a podcast host, um, but it's also to be an actual executive director, which comes with a lot of uh, administrative work, which I love. Um, So, you know, can't do 52 episodes a, a, a year. But, you know, we can get behind this mic um, and give you a cool little 15 um, before the summer. So uh, I really appreciate everybody. Um, It really means a lot. So thank you. Uh, We're going to get to this episode, man. This episode, we're going to talk about, I don't even know exactly how I'm going to, like, at this point, I don't know the name of this episode. And I don't really know, like, how to paraphrase a big idea. But I'll just say it like this, like, what I really want you to take from this episode as I go about really kind of sharing my testimony, what God's been doing in my life. My hope is that you understand that God has given you responsibilities in this life. He's given you purpose in this life, but please do not get it twisted. Please do not get caught up in the whirlwind of day-to-day life of trying to fulfill your purpose and fulfill all your responsibilities that you forget that the most important thing for you to nurture, to take care of on this planet, in this life, is your relationship with God. Please, 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 I need you to understand this. There's a lot to unravel. We're going to get to, you know, we got we got a cool time frame, right? I'm here till like June, all right? We got a cool time frame to work with where we can really talk about what the heck's been going on in my life because a lot has been going on. A lot of good stuff has been going on. Um, But man, end of last year was tough. And it wasn't tough because tragedies were happening. There there were, you know, a couple of things that absolutely were happening in my life. Um, But God has, you know, been faithful. Um, But when I tell you, and I think I said it before I left, I was not feeling myself like since October of last year, I wasn't feeling myself. Right around the time that I got this new job, we give glory to God. You know, amazing job. Prayed for it. Fast for it. I got it. Amazing job. Amazing boss. Amazing team. Meeting all my goals financially, you know, with benefits as well. Everything down to a T. But when I tell you, like, almost immediately after that, I have just gone through a stage where I was just not feeling myself. And, and I'll go more into that. But... You know, in retrospect, when I look back at the things that God have been doing in my life more recently, man, although it can be uncomfortable, although it can be painful at times, when I tell you, man, this life that we live is about our relationship with the Lord. It is a love story. I'm trying to tell you, it is not your story about chasing greatness. It is not your story about leaving behind a legacy. The life that you live is a love story and it's with you and God. And for many of us, it's us coming to God and and us wrapping our arms around each other and have a healthy relationship that will go on for eternity. But if I tell you, man, there's also those people where it's God chasing after them and they are running away from him and they can care less about him. But nevertheless, it's a love story. Sometimes it's love lost, but it's a love story nonetheless because God loves you. One thing that I have been struggling with, and sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And there's some type of mindset that you have that you won't really recognize how toxic it is unless you scrutinize it. And what I appreciate the Holy Spirit 
four is that the Holy Spirit helps me to scrutinize myself. There's that prayer in uh, Psalm 139, search me and know me, look at my anxious thoughts. What are the ways that are wicked in me? Lead me in the way everlasting. That is a prayer that I pray over my life often because I want God to perfect me. I want the Holy Spirit to do his work, which is to perfect us. That's what I want from God. And let me tell you, every time I pray that prayer, <laughs> God answers it. All right. So I'm praying this prayer. And I believe that, you know, as I transition into the new year, I always like to have focuses. I always like to have goals that God bestows upon me. Give me the focus. What 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 is what is something that I should be keeping in mind throughout the entire year? And um, one of the things that he gave me was Matthew six thirty three. Um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you, man. You look at the verse in the context, it says that, hey, don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. God's going to take care of it all. Just seek him first. Right. That's the context of that verse. But I'm the type of person, man, I feel like that verse is not just talking about what you eat, what you what you drink and what you wear. When I read, seek ye first kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things should be added to you. I'm thinking everything that God knows that I need, period, will be added onto me. It is recognizing God as the supplier, as the source of all things good that I am destined to have in this life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what God put on my heart. Because apparently I wasn't seeking him good enough. Let me say it like that. All right. So let me give you a little backstory. About two, three years, God has been, you know, giving me more and more responsibility. All right. I have a lot of responsibility. I don't mean to be that person that says, oh, I'm super busy, but I am very super busy. Um, and God has given me a lot more responsibility when it comes to ministry. Unassociated has grown. Right. We have a team. We have a community. Um, we have more poetry jams a year, you know, like we, we have more administrative work that needs to be done. Right. And that's been a responsibility. And then also, you know, at my church, my, my home church, you know, my dad's a head pastor of Redeeming Grace Christian Center. I have been growing in my responsibilities in that capacity as well. Glory be to God. I love to serve, you know, oh, it's tough. I ain't going to hold you, but I love to serve the Lord. Right. Um, and, and I'm privileged to to be in a position to have such responsibilities and priorities. I'm sorry, responsibilities and roles. Right. Um, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'll be real. All right. I'm not always that great at it. And the reason I'm not talking about my competency, I'm talking about my attitude. God started, I asked God, search me and know me, you know, what are the wicked ways in me? Leave me in the way everlasting. And that's exactly what he started to do because he started to help me understand all the times I get frustrated and irritable and impatient and anxious. When I tell you these are the things that characterize a lot of the work that I do in life. It's a sad thing. I can get impatient with people. I can get irritated with people. Look, ministry is hard, by the way. Ministry is very hard. It's not easy. Like, I don't think people really know unless you do ministry work how hard it is. Like, 
<laughs> I don't even I don't want to say too much. <laughs> but ministry is like wow. Like in my head, I guess I was like always naive as a kid and thinking that like the church is just like this kind of um like you know, I don't know, like I feel like some people may naively think that church is like heaven in a sense, like of all these saints all all together, but more so it's like a hospital with sick people in it and you're serving, you know what I'm saying? But nevertheless, man, like I, I would say that a lot of my ministry work was characterized by the anxieties, characterized by the irritability that I'd have and the frustrations that I would have. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't long until God kind of started to convict me. Right. Like I knew something was off in the way that I was serving. Um, and God started to convict me. And what God told me was that, well, really, he asked me the question is like, are you seeking me or are you serving me? Because those two are not the same thing. Serving God is not the same thing as seeking him. And Emmanuel Heke has been serving God. Listen, and I'm not, you know, let me not pride myself on anything like that. But like God has put a call on my life. And I be serving. It is the most valuable thing that I can think of to do with my time. It's serving people and helping them to have a better and healthier relationship with God. Right. Um, but the problem is, the reality is that you can do ministry work. Like the physical work and not be abiding in the Lord. You can be serving in different capacities, serving God in different capacities, but not be seeking God first. Those are two separate things. And these are the things that God started to break down to me. If you are serving God without seeking him, you might as well not be serving him because you're definitely not pleasing him. And you're also not going to be able to serve him in the best capacity and do do the responsibilities he's given you in the best capacities um that that you could before i continue i think it's appropriate to say that when i you know i'm talking about ministry work a lot but everything that i talk about today can be applied to anything that you're doing as well because you know ministry work is not just ministry like like doing work in the church and doing work that specifically relates to spreading the gospel. Ministry can be your marriage. Ministry can be your friendships. Ministry can be, you know, you know, really, really the relationships that you have with people, right? It could be people at your work, whatever it might be. Like your purpose really is in a sense ministry. I, I know it's like now I'm kind of like conflating the word ministry, but this is not just about church work. You have responsibilities that God has given you. You have a purpose that God has given you. And the point that I'm trying to make is that we have to be aware of the reality that it's possible for us to serve our responsibilities that God gave us without actually prioritizing God in everything that we do. And it's very dangerous. All right. So we're going to break this down because we started reading first Samuel. I'm back in school as well. So there's that. Uh, we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that, though. <laughs> um, but started reading first Samuel in class and I loved it. And it was very timely um, because it really paints a picture between someone 
who is actually seeking God and someone who's actually not, all right, despite them both having responsibilities. When you look at 1 Samuel, what's really going on, I'll give you like a brief overview of uh, 1 Samuel. You have Israel, this nation at this time, who doesn't want judges anymore. Israel's being ran by judges who are really people who act as representatives of God, like, you know, ruling and judging the people by the word of God, right? Um, but Israel doesn't want that no more. The people don't want that anymore. No they want a king. All right. So God is telling them, hey, I don't think you should have a king. This isn't good. But they say we don't care. We want a king anyways. God said, all right, I'm gonna give you a king. So God chooses Saul to be the first king of Israel. Right. But Saul sins a whole bunch of times. And then God says, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm denying you. And then in first Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, he says, I've actually found someone who's going to be the next king of Israel, and he's going to be a man that's after my heart, all right? So God drops Saul, and he gets this guy named David, David and Goliath. You're familiar with him, right? And David becomes Israel's greatest king, and God ends up creating a covenant with David even, right, that, you know, ends up leading to Jesus Christ and so on and so forth. So this guy, I mean, if you have a covenant with God, you're 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 a big deal, right? Um. So we have the first king, he sins, gets kicked out of there. God says, I'm going to go after a man who's after my own heart. We get this other guy, David, right? And he's this great king of Israel. There's a couple of things I left out there, right? The thing I left out there was that David wasn't necessarily less of a sinner than Saul was. David sinned too. Second Samuel chapter 11. A lot of us know about the story of David and Bathsheba. Lays with another, you know, has sex with another man's wife. I almost said it the biblical way. <laughs> Lies with another man's wife and then kills the husband, man. Like, that's crazy. This is what David's doing. This whole David covenant, King David, David and Goliath. Like, we always hear about those stories. But David, I mean, let's keep it a buck. If he was alive today, would we be fans of him? I, I don't think we would be. It's not like he sinned less than Saul. So, I mean, the question that you have to ask yourself is, why did God choose David? Or why did God get rid of Saul, but he didn't get rid of David? But he tells us it's because David was a man after God's heart, which implies that Saul was not. The difference between them was that David was a man after God's heart and Saul was not. Okay. Let's 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 keep it going. Psalm 51. Right. This is David. Now, he he was a he he was called out about his sin by a guy named Nathan. And this was David's response. Psalm 51. You can read the whole thing yourself. It's David pouring out his heart before the Lord. And in Psalm 51, verse 10 to 11, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. May God bless hearing reading and standing of his word. That last one, it's a song. I'm not going to sing it, but verse 11. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. That's a key part. Remember this. Put your thumb on this verse. Psalm 51 verse 10 to 11. Because what it shows us is that David's, that David's number one concern after having sinned was getting back in good graces with the Lord. 
It was his relationship with the Lord. It's saying, God, please don't leave me. It wasn't his kingdom. That wasn't his first concern. It wasn't his kingdom. It wasn't his riches. It wasn't his status. It wasn't his honor. It was, God, please don't leave me. All right. We're trying to figure out what the difference between Saul and uh, David is. All right. I'm going to fast forward. Um, this was not the order that I plan on doing this, but I'm going to do this anyways. Saul also sinned. Right. There was a time where God told him to destroy this entire Amalekites civilization, but he didn't. They weren't supposed to take any plunder, but he let the people take plunder, so on and so forth. He's in trouble. And a prophet tells him, hey, you're done. The kingdom is being taken away from you. And this was Samuel's. I'm sorry. This was Saul's response. Excuse me. Saul's response was, I have sinned, yet honor me now please before the elders of my people and before Israel and return with me that I may worship the Lord your God. Let's compare and contrast. David gets rebuked for his sin. And the first thing he says is, God, please do not leave me. Saul gets rebuked for his sin. And the first thing he says is, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. I, I did wrong, but can you please honor me? In front of the elders, in front of the people of Israel, okay, can, can you just do that for me? What's the difference there? The difference is, for Saul, his number one concern was not his relationship with the Lord. It was not his the presence of God leaving him. His number one concern was his own honor and his own status. Because he held the role as king. If you even read 1 Samuel 14... When he says the reason why he allowed the people to take the plunder, he said because he feared the people. That means he was more concerned with pleasing the people, appeasing the people, than he was concerned with being obedient to God. But you look at David. David sinned, did a terrible, multiple terrible sins. But his number one concern, God don't leave me. There's something different about David. And it's not because he sinned less. What I will say is that David wasn't just in the business of being a servant or in the business of just being a king or in the business of just doing the work or in the business of just now taking on this role that God has bestowed up upon him. No, 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 no. That was not his number one concern. David's number one concern throughout his life as we see it played out in First and Second Samuel is having a relationship with the Lord. And we see it. We see it multiple times. Like this guy is thinking and talking about God all the time. You see it when he's talking about or when he's facing Goliath. We see it there. They say, David, hey, you can't do this. This, this guy gives him a whole story about how he used to kill lions and bears in the same way that God empowered him and delivered him from the lions and bears. He's going to deliver him from this Philistine. Even look at, you know, <laughs> David and Goliath had a had a dialogue, right? And they were like going off on each other about what they're about to do to each other. And David's dialogue was different. Like it wasn't even on some, yeah, I'm going to kill you because I'm that guy. Like the way David perceived the situation, he didn't really even see himself as a real player in this. He didn't see it as this is me, David versus Goliath. He saw it as this is God versus Goliath. This is God's thing. And I just so happen to be here. 
He said, this day, this is 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 46 to 47. This day I will give the corpses of the Philistine armies to the birds of the sky and the wild animals of the land. Then all the land will realize that Israel has a God, and all this assembly will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will deliver you into our hand. Do you understand that this man perceived everything through the context of God's sovereignty. He perceived everything through the context of God, 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 God. Because he was so preoccupied. His mind, his being, his, 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 his mental framework was so surrounded around God. That it's just like. All he could do was acknowledge God and his presence in everything that he did. Even later on, you know, later on in David's story, he's actually friends with the Philistines for a little while. Um, and, you know, what happens is that there are some people who come and like ruin their camp. Right. This is in first Samuel chapter 30. People come and like ransack their camp. Um, and kidnap like their wives and their children and stuff like that. And everybody turned to David and was like pissed off at David, right? So First Samuel chapter 30 verse 6 says, Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But then this is what it says, But, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I'm trying to tell you, man. When we look at David's life, we see a constant acknowledgement of the Lord, a constant reverence to the Lord, a constant posture of dependence to the Lord. That is the difference between Saul and David. It's not that David was more righteous by his works because we know he wasn't. It's the fact that he acknowledged. It's the fact that he showed reverence to. It's the fact that he depended on the Lord in everything that he did. And that is what God is asking for, my friend. God is not asking for you to be perfect in everything that you do. God is not asking for you to cross off everything off your to-do list. God is not asking for you to go out. He's giving you a purpose. Go out and figure out how to do it by yourself. That is not what this life is about, man. This life is about our relationship with the Lord. I said it is a love story. It's That's the first thing that it is. It's a love story. And our relationship with the Lord comes first. Not kingship. Not your employment. Not ministry work. Not your academics. Yes, these things are great. These things are important. These things are things that God has called us to. These things are things that we need to focus on. Absolutely. But please don't let your focus on those things take your focus off of the Lord. He's supposed to be at the center of everything that we do. The life that God wants us to live is a life where he is the main focus all the time. You know, when I go back to, you know, 1 Samuel chapter 14, it really amazes me when I read it. It amazes me because... That was legit Saul's reaction. Saul's reaction, you just sinned against God and you're told that, hey, you just now disobeyed God. Why did you disobey God? All right, he's going to take the kingdom from you. And one, he didn't want to admit that he did wrong at first. He wanted to act like he didn't do anything wrong. And then when he did admit he did something wrong, he's just saying, can you please honor me in front of all these people? He got me thinking. 
God has given us certain roles. He gave Saul a role. God has given us responsibilities. He's given, he gave Saul responsibilities. Sometimes, though, we can make idols of our responsibilities. Why do I say that? It's because God will give us a responsibility or responsibilities, and then all of a sudden we are too busy to have quiet time with him. We're too busy to go to church. We're too busy to serve too busy to minister to the person that you know God put in your jurisdiction <laughs> if you will now we're too busy be very careful man if you are putting your responsibilities before God then there is a problem I'm not saying responsibilities because that's the thing we live in a world where we're supposed to take care of business. If you're taking care of business, you're on it. You're doing the right thing. You're supposed to take care of business, right? You're supposed to get the good grades. You're supposed to be the good employee. You're supposed to, you know, be vigilant in all these different areas. And, and I'm not speaking against that. But what I am saying is that don't forget the number one priority. And it's your relationship. Because if you are so focused on the responsibilities, so focused on really the purpose that you put God on the back burner, let me tell you how backwards that is. He's the one that's giving you the purpose. He's the one that's giving you the responsibility. You don't take it from him and then put him on the back burner and talk about you're too busy to talk to him, too busy to pray with him, too busy to listen to him, too busy to fast with him. Some of us, we tell ourselves that the reason why we are living on our purpose is to honor God, but we don't even talk to God. We don't read his word. We don't we don't go to church with his children. But you're living out your purpose to honor God. Listen. <laughs> All right. This is where we get to the part that like. <laughs> bear with me, because this is a trip. It's a trip because you have to understand the sinful nature that we have that really takes things that are pure and corrupts it. Sin corrupts. Sin corrupts. There can be something that is good and the principle is good. But when you mix it with your own sinful nature, it corrupts it. And I say that because sin and our sinful nature, right, can take purpose and responsibilities that God has given us and turn it into an excuse not to have a relationship with God, not to take care of our relationship with God, not to nurture our relationship with God. Likewise, sin can take purpose and responsibilities that God has given us but then builds pride and selfish ambition on top of it. God maybe puts you in a position to lead at church, but now you're so caught up with leading, you know, that, or you're so, let me, let me give you a better one. God maybe um, gave you like, okay, let me, let me give myself. That's like God has given me this podcast, right? Give me this podcast to preach the word. 
and encourage you. But I take what God has given me and I use it. it. For me, it's like a big head because I have a podcast and people are listening to me and, and people like it. And I get certain likes on Instagram. I get certain likes on TikTok. Or I get certain likes. Well, TikTok be tripping. Anyways, you understand what I'm saying? Like, you took what God gave you to honor him. And you've now made it. You have peeped how, wait, I can actually use this to honor myself. We got to beware of that. Sin corrupts. Sin corrupts. It takes things that are pure, that are good. And defiles it. It was pure. It was good. It was a good podcast. But now the intentions behind it are not are not actually there. Um, you guys know I'm taking this class. Um, still taking this class on. It's called spiritual formation at my school. So they have us do this curriculum each week, which honestly always has a whole bunch of gems. Um, so I'm going to read this little quote. It's not a little quote, sorry, but you know, I'm going to read it anyways. Um, Anthony Thistleton defines the flesh as the outlook oriented toward the self, that which pursues its own ends in self-sufficient independence of God. We need to expand this definition to include our affections and desires. The flesh fosters Rebellion against our spirit dwelt redeemed identity. It hijacks our affections from the object of our faith to the objects of our selfish desires. God has given us through the spirit the ability to live beyond a life enslaved to our sinful desires. Here is the reason we often fail to practice what we say we believe. We are born with the selfish um, sorry, selfish disposition sin our culture reinforces it and it remains with us even after we are born again we are all in the process of having our hearts transformed from one solely oriented toward flesh selfish desires to one oriented toward god and others part of the transformation involves recognizing our selfish and our selfishness and submitting to god's will such recognition and submission does not come easily Man, um, I really like this quote, and the reason why I really like this quote is because I love the kind of like that definition there, that selfish, sufficient, I'm sorry, that self-sufficient independence of God. That is what the flesh is or our sinful desires is at the end it is a quest for self-sufficient independence of god and when you look at it that way you recognize how when god gives you something and you start turning it around to fulfill your own selfish ambitions and your own pride and you make things about you when it's really about oh actually he gave you that responsibility he gave you that gift one to you know help strengthen your relationship with him but also serve other people it shows you, you know, like you can take something that's not meant for that, but you take something to glorify God and you make it to glorify yourself. Self-sufficient 
independence of God. That's what our sin wants. But those of us that know the word, those of us that have our testimony, we know that that is death, my friend. Ultimately, that is what that is. Self-sufficient independence of God is death. That is not what we want. That is not what we need. And the opposite of that is dependence on the Lord. When God gives us these responsibilities in life, when God gives us these roles in life, let me just be very clear. This is a cheat code to life. He did not give you that responsibility and say, go figure it out yourself on how to juggle it all. God has given us these purposes, these responsibilities, these works preordained, prepared beforehand. Ephesians 2.10. Not for us to do it alone, but for us to do it empowered by him. So if God is giving you a responsibility and you put him on the back burner and you just try to go figure it out yourself, you're going to hurt yourself. And maybe you don't hurt yourself, you're going to hurt other people. And maybe you don't hurt yourself, well, you're going to hurt yourself by hurting your relationship with the Lord. I think it's fair to say that that's an idolization of your responsibilities because you have put them before your relationship with the Lord. So let's talk resolutions, man. I'll say what my resolution is because I want to be someone who is acknowledging the Lord. I want to be someone who's seeking him first. I want to be someone who is after his heart. And I think for me, seeking God first and prioritizing God over my responsibilities looks like no longer compromising my personal time with the Lord. Because, hello, transparency, church boy, confessions, I'm confessing to you that I have not been that great with that. And um, I have been working on it now. Crazily enough, I know it sounds really crazy, but when I tell you, man, like I've been the type of person where it's like, hey, like, you know, I'm working hard on unassociated. It's time for me to go to bed. I don't I don't feel like doing quiet time. Or it's like I'm, I wake up in the morning. I, I normally do my quiet time, you know, in the morning. And that's not not been too much of a problem. But God wants more time with me and I don't give it to him because I tell myself it's OK because I'm doing ministry work or i'm doing homework for seminary it's all for god but that's your responsibility um but you know another one of your responsibilities if we're going to say that's your responsibility another one of your responsibility is time management (laughs) Uh, time management to make sure you're not dissing god trying to serve him at the same time that don't make no sense all right we got to put God at the center of everything that we do. There's that verse that says, I don't remember it right off the top of my head, but it says, do everything as unto the Lord. And that's what we got to do with our lives, man. Everything that we do in work, right? Maybe at your job, at, at your school, whatever it is, what are you doing? What is your responsibilities each day? How do you put God at the center of it, man? I think... And what we're going to talk about more in the coming weeks, because I think I'm going to do a series. I just don't like to say I'm going to do a series and then change my mind, but I'm going to do it because I said I'm going to do it. We're going to do a series. All right. Because for me, really, what all of this has looked like is also depending on God more because that's what David did. He depended on God. He depended on God. He strengthened himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And I want to talk about my journey, you know, dealing with, of course, being a control freak. But now in me wanting to see God more, what it looks like for me to be more dependent on him. Um, But then I also want to 
go like through seven specific things that say that that really why can't I talk right now? But I I I want to I want to name seven different ways. Like I don't know how to word this. <laughs> I'm not editing this out. Um, we're gonna talk about seven different ways that it looks like to be dependent on the Lord. All right, in the coming weeks. All right, I'm not gonna fit all seven into one. So it's probably gonna be like three and four because I want to keep it at two episodes. Um, you guys are brainstorming with me right now. You guys, let me know what you want. Let's do. Let's do. Let's do. Let's do three and four or or four and three. We'll figure it out. But um yeah, man. <clears throat> I hope this episode could could really help. Um I hope that you got something from all of that. You know, like maybe you're not in ministry work, that's fine, but you work and you do something and you have responsibilities that you believe God has you doing. I just want you to be very, you know, just understand that. You can be working your butt off to the bone and say that you're doing it for the Lord. But if you are not after his heart and you are not seeking him and abiding in him, if you are not just prioritizing your relationship over everything, including your responsibilities he's given you, it's a problem. But he has grace because we serve serve a gracious king. Look how much grace he showed David. Hello? Hello? We serve a gracious king who, I'll tell you for myself, he's forgiven me and we're having a good time <laughs> with our devotion time. And he is, he can forgive you too. So um, what are those responsibilities? What are those things that you have on your plate? What's that to-do list, man? It's about time that we surrender that to the Lord and not let it get in the way of the things that we know to, know we need to be doing in order to nurture our relationship with the Lord because that's the most important thing. God is not impressed by the amount of work that you are doing for him. What truly pleases him is your focus on him, is you being after his heart, is you genuinely and constantly depending on him and acknowledging him and just having a relationship with him. Um, So, yeah, let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for 200 episodes. I thank you so much for this episode, this sermon. Um, Another time that I can get behind this mic, um, the privilege to get behind this mic, Lord. Um, Once again, glory be to your name. Um, I pray, Lord, that, you know, from all that we covered today, Lord, that it truly sticks, you know. Um, we need to prioritize our relationship with you first, Father. We are your children. That's who we are. We're your children. At some point, all the things that we're doing on this earth, the work that we're doing, the evangelism that we're doing, the the schoolwork that we're doing, all of it will come to an end and all we will have is you and each other. So, Father, help us to nurture the things that are eternal. Not to say that we forget about everything that's temporary. Of course, you have us here for, for, for work. Ephesians 2.10, preordained. But, God, the most important thing is our relationship with you. And oftentimes, whether it's because of pride, because of self-sufficient independence from you, because of anything else, busyness, whatever excuse that we can come up with, We put these responsibilities before you and our quiet time with you, our relationship with you, our focus on you is completely washed away. 
Father, we want to change. And I pray that you help us with that change because we can't do it ourselves. And we still got a lot on our plate. But I want you to help us, oh God. So we're asking for your help today. Um, and we're asking for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. I uh, love you guys. I'm happy to be back. Um, once again, thank you for the support. Thank you for the love. Thank you for your consistency, uh, for your loyalty and plan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm happy to be back, man, for real. So see you guys next week, for real, for real. Um, love you guys. Yeah, peace. <laughs>